Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, here is Daniel with a brand new episode of our e-commerce show. And today I'm here with uh, Aaron Nosbish and uh, he's the founder of uh, Lucid. This is a marketing agency for CBD, cannabis and, uh, you know, similar, um, similar e-commerce brands. And also he's the founder of Breeze, which is a really interesting drink. I tried it in California and I really love the products and I'm, I'm really happy to see that they've been growing recently. So all of these are re- re- very, sorry, very interesting topics. So I'm super excited. How are you, Aaron, today? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you and I'm excited to learn from you as well. It seems like you are the leading expert right now in uh, retention. So I'm excited to hear from you and hopefully apply some things that we learned to, to Breeze. Amazing. So... I don't even know where to start. So, you know, let's start with you. How did you start <laughs> this journey of entrepreneurship and when was it? Yeah. Okay. So journey of entrepreneurship. So uh, I got into entrepreneurship when I was pretty young. I used to build websites when I was about 10 or 11 years old. My uh, dad uh, helped me get a, a website deal with a uh, fishing lure company. Uh, and I used the money that I made from that website to buy my first computer. And then uh, that was kind of how I got into the game initially. Uh, And then I started my first e-commerce business when I was 13. It was a clothing company called Vision Again Clothing. I would design on Photoshop designs, and then I'd work with a screen printer to make those shirts, order, you know, batches of 300 shirts or 500 shirts, and then uh, sell them online. We did some, you know, back then we called it endorsements or sponsorships. So you'd sponsor a band. Now we call it influencer marketing. And so we'd sponsor these MySpace bands, send them a shirt, have them posted on their MySpace, and then drive sales to our e-commerce site. So, you know, just small stuff, but it was fun and kind of uh, very, very early days. And um, I really cut my teeth with a brand called Monk, uh, M-O-N-Q. I joined them when I was about, um, I think maybe 19, 20, uh, something like that. And um, Monk was the first portable aromatherapy diffuser. We essentially took vaporizer technology, which stripped out the nicotine and tobacco. We added essential oils to it. And those essential oils um, created um, different effects. So you would breathe on this pen, very similar to a vaporizer, um, and, and it would give you benefits of those essential oils. So no nicotine or tobacco, but the benefits of those essential oils. So we had seven different blends that let you feel the way you want by using different uh, essential oils. So I started advertising. Uh, so I restarted that um, maybe uh, this was probably 2014 or so. Uh, we did about 100,000 our first uh, year from just like guerrilla marketing efforts. Uh, then I tapped into meta advertising, Facebook advertising, and influencer marketing. And that was our key focuses. And we scaled the brand from 100,000 to 7 million in uh, one year. And so that was really exciting. And the first time that I really experienced um, viral growth. And then the next year, we scaled it from 7 million to 15 million um, in direct consumer sales. So it was. Uh, that's really kind of where I cut my teeth and really, you know, got my chops around advertising and influencer marketing and, um, and learned a lot. It was also the first time I ever got screwed out of a company. Uh, I thought I'd co-owned the company and was told I did, but I didn't know how to dot my I's or cross my T's at the time and just kind of assumed that people would, you know, take care of that aspect of it. Uh, but I quickly learned that, uh, you know, money changes things and people and, uh, and, uh, 
So I, you know, it was a kick in the yeah. teeth, as I say, but that became kind of, um, you know, I, I find in entrepreneurship, you kind of have to get uh, kicked in the teeth at least once to kind of, uh, as an initiation. Yeah. <laughs> and so shortly yeah. thereafter, I started a, um, I started a handful of direct to consumer brands. I started a uh, soap brand that the intention was to actually kind of be like the antithesis of, uh, makeup, uh, and that natural skincare would kind of remove the need, uh, did that. And then I did a, a CBD brand called Maku. Uh, and when I did the CBD brand, uh, I tried to advertise it. And every time I tried to advertise it, I got shut down. Uh, and so I did some black hat stuff and got it live for a little bit, drove 60 K and recurring. And then again, just got shut down royally. And, uh, yeah. shortly thereafter, uh, I started consulting cannabis businesses on how to build direct to consumer brands. They all wanted to know how to, how to advertise. And I had more experience in advertising CBD than most people did. So I kept working on it kept working on it. I made a couple strategic partnerships, uh, or I'm sorry, I kept working, I kept working on it and I'd get these ads live. Um, and during my monk era, uh, you know, we spent a lot on meta, so they invited us to headquarters and I met some friends there. So I had these internal policies of how you could advertise CBD and essentially you could educate consumers. You could drive to hemp products if they use hemp language. Um, and, uh, you could drive to news articles. Um, but even when I did that, I was still getting shut down, uh, right and left. So I realized I needed the support level from meta, uh, meta reps that I had when I was at monk, which is high level reps. Uh, and I started looking through my Rolodex, um, of my friends and family and, you know, who do I know who has really good relationships with meta who's spending a lot actively. Uh, and I knew some people at power digital, Rob Jewell, and I knew uh, Nick Shackelford over at structured mm -hmm. social. So. Uh, I made some connections and got on some calls and I was like, Hey guys, uh, I'm playing by the rules exactly, but I just need some support to get these ads live from, from these reps. And I think if I do it, uh, I'll be able to show them that this is compliant and get these ads live. Um, and so yeah. uh, Nick took a bet on me and gave me a shot to talk to his rep and see if I could figure this out. And it did work. Uh, and, and we were able to get ads live for, uh, at the time Medterra, which was a very big CBD and hemp brand. Uh, and you know, long story short, that was kind of, uh, the real, shifting moment for inflection point for lucid um and so lucid from that point and in a very about one year we 10x the business and scaled from about thirty thousand in revenue to about three hundred thousand in revenue and became the uh leading uh and largest cannabis social advertising firm uh in the world uh and then we scaled that and we've been scaling that for the last three four years continuing to support this whole industry and you know as as i'm sure you know most people are very, uh, have a lot of trouble advertising these types of products. There's so much nuance yeah. and policy issues. And so, um, so we kept working on and getting better and better. Uh, and eventually uh, I started using these cannabis beverage products. I'll go ahead and grab one here. Um, I started using these cannabis beverage products from other brands, uh, like can some of these others. And I'm like, wow, this medium where it's microdose THC and CBD, um, was really the future of, uh, cannabis fundamentally, you know, you needed a product that fit the existing culture. And so, um, on January 16th, I came up with the idea of, Hey, we're going to start a brand called breeze, which is going to be a microdose, uh, cannabis and mushroom brand, but it's going to be fully legal because it's going to come from hemp. Um, and, and so started working on it. And then on 420, we launched it. Uh, and, um, now it's, uh, August 8th. So we've been about four months, uh, in business or so, and we're about to pass our first hundred thousand in sales. So that's exciting. And, uh, just moving as quick as we can. And, uh, it's been a wild journey and, uh, it's definitely the most fun, uh, that I've ever had building a product now for sure. Although stressful. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So first of all, it took seven minutes to tell this whole story and so many <laughs> things happened, right? <laughs> in the last 10 years, basically. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's just amazing. And 
again, I tried this drink in LA and I really liked it. I drank like four a day. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. So, you know, um, I, I drink coffee almost every day. And of course I drink some, you know, beers or some alcohol with friends, but all of these drinks, they have an after effect. There is a coffee crash or you are hangover. Even if you drink just one beer, you feel it after your mm. sleep is not as good. But uh, this one you can drink when you work, you get a bit relaxed for one, two hours. If you want to be more, you know, even more chill, or maybe you want to speak slower then uh, you want to drink two or three of them. <laughs> so, you know, it depends on the dosage. Um, so, so yeah, only positive experiences. That is no negative, you know. And you had it in of. a public setting also, right? So you were, you were that, I think you tried it at Geek Out or Geek X. Um, yeah, Geek like, Out, yeah, 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 yeah. So did it make you feel uncomfortable around people? And did you, was it similar to like smoking cannabis or taking a gummy or was it different for you? It, it's different, definitely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I tried weed and uh, and it's just a different experience. So, yeah, yeah it's way different. That, I hear that a lot. A lot of people who try it, like they've had gummy experiences or they've smoked a joint, they get really freaked out or paranoid or anxious. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that type of person, but still the feeling is just different. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's just different. But I really support this brand. And, you know, if you come to Europe, then come to Hungary first. Thank you, man. I would like to. I'd like to have it at the bathhouses. I spend a lot of time at the bathhouses there in Budapest, and I'd like to. You know, I feel like drinking a beer and stuff. It's fine, but if you're trying to be well, like no one's getting yeah. more well by having uh, beer and alcohol. Yeah. You know, if I was able to sit in the hot and cold plunges and drink some breeze and just yeah. feel elevated, that's that's kind of. You know, yeah. I, I always think that there there needs to be better ways for people to feel better. There needs to be uh, and feeling good shouldn't feel bad. There should be ways for people to enjoy life uh, and have fun without you know mm -hmm. hurting themselves or poisoning themselves yeah so i'm trying to be uh trying to lead that into mainstream so yeah 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 so talking about e-commerce brands my agency we we also work with uh you know a few cbd brands and honestly every time we get great results with email marketing and what we do so we get 40 50 60 percent of their revenue from those channels nice but the thing is but the thing is, I'm not that happy because they struggle on the front end. Mm. So, yeah, how, how do you see CBD brands or, or you know, cannabis brands, how, what, what they should do to scale? Because that's where they struggle. That's my experience. Yeah, and absolutely. Actually, these clients, they churned because they couldn't generate enough traffic and, you know, new customers, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I think it's a really tough industry in the in the first place. Like, um, you know, it's gone through a lot of waves. There was a big boom in CBD a few years ago, and then it's been kind of consolidating since then. We see a lot of, um, uh, a, we're seeing a bigger boom now in the THC space. So hemp derived mm -hmm. THC, and if it comes from hemp and it's below 0.3% of THC by weight, it makes it federally legal, actually. So you can, yeah. um, for like the same reason that you can sell breeze to all 50 states is because the THC in the, in the product comes from hemp, and it's a very small amount compared to the size and weight of the product um and so uh so how how do these brands drive traffic and when um there's five kind of areas that are really driving sales for cbd and hemp brands these days okay. um first and foremost uh seo um, this is where a lot of the early brands did really well is they just got um keywords and categorized early on uh and were able to drive a lot of traffic um Email marketing. Uh, now, that's not really necessarily a top of funnel strategy, but email marketing retention efforts is the second biggest way people are driving sales uh, in CBD and hemp. Uh, 
then I would say uh, influencer marketing uh, from there. Um, so things like uh, uh, influence marketing, I'd also say PR. So any type of like influential leveraged press or media, uh, great, great angle for uh, CBD and hemp uh, as well as THC. Um, and then affiliates, um, affiliates is a big driver as well. That's where the majority, uh, I'd say a lot of, of the brands drive their new customer acquisition from affiliates. The trouble with affiliates is you're kind of licensing your brand to another marketer to then, you know, create yeah. that experience, which can be fine or it can be harmful, you know, so it's, it's a tough one. And then social advertising, which is kind of what we specialize in. Uh, I think those are like the five main ways that brands are, uh, are making new revenue, new yeah. customers. Uh, and then if you can come up with a unique sixth way, so you have some unique growth hacks some billboard ads or some, you know, st uh, retail stores or uh, uh, trucks, I don't know, just some type of growth hacky sixth way. I think that's the, that's the secret sauce for people uh, is when they figure that out. But we specialize specifically in the social advertising uh, aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, and kind of, you know, like I was saying earlier, our claim to fame is uh, being able to be the first to figure out how to compliantly and sustainably and thus profitably advertise these products on uh, meta and majority of the advertising we do is meta and uh, google um, twitter uh, recently has permissed these types of products uh, any cbd cannabis thc uh, products you do have to go through some rigmarole some process in order to actually get approved but once approved you can advertise very directly and very compliantly and so that's mm. uh, that's really exciting and i expect meta and google will follow suit in the very near future yeah how about tiktok TikTok, you can, uh, it's possible and they'll kind of support you in doing so, but uh, you can't say T CBD or THC in the ad or on the landing page. It can click through to a page that does say it, um, but the ad and landing page itself, it cannot. Um, but honestly, man, TikTok advertising, I think is kind of a, a joke, uh, to be honest. Like, you know, everyone pumped it up at the early days, like, oh, TikTok is the future. And on the organic side, I mean, it's a huge opportunity. You can go viral, you can get organic reach, uh, unlike most channels, but on the actual pay side, I think that there's, uh, I, I think part of the majority of the problem is uh, finding products that fit the audience and then uh, finding creatives that fit those products that fit the platform. But even then, uh, you know, if you have a great ad and a great product uh, and a great campaign, it's hard to see sustainable and scalable returns on the TikTok advertising platform. So I'm personally not the biggest fan uh, of it. I've spent a lot of time and energy trying to be, uh, and I've found that it's not, uh, it's not very uh, effective. Now, there'll be some guys out there that say, you know, oh, you're so wrong. You, you know, it's, and you know, if you have a laser hair removal product or you have a personalized keychain and you make some cool video that goes viral on TikTok, sure. Yeah, yeah. Or if you have an organic strategy, sure. But I think uh, saying that TikTok as a general advertising function, like is comparable to meta, I think it's just not true. Yeah, that's interesting. And I remember it was a topic at the GeekX event in May as well. So, yeah, sounds like there is no change since then. And uh, TikTok can be useful, but it's still not the main channel for most e-commerce brands, especially on the paid side. Um, yeah, I think... I think in some money on the organic side, though, like... I've heard some crazy yeah. strategies, some of which I'm trying to employ now for Breeze, where you literally just hire content creators to run brand handles on TikTok and just release one to three videos a day uh, from the profile and just like, get, you know, taking multiple shots at getting virality and just have, you could scale that out, you know? So if you have one account with one creator making one to three videos and now, okay, let's do that times 10. Now we have 10 creators making one to three videos across 10 accounts. Uh, you know, you have a lot more chances of um, going viral. So I know some amazing brands that are diving incredible organic reach just by employing those strategies. Yeah, that's amazing. I, in my experience, at least what I could see with our CBD clients, the main struggle was the 
you know, the policy of Meta. So they can do the affiliates, the influencers, um, or if you are an influencer yourself, or maybe you are very close to an influencer, of course, you have a much easier, uh, you know, job. If you are Dan Bilzerian, it's much easier, but they were not. So yeah, Although they he a lot of money, you know, uh, so Dan Bilzerian, he launched a CBD brand and invested two, three, seven million dollars initially into it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he just lost the majority, if not all of it, <laughs> almost. Now, I think if he would have done that same thing for a THC brand, he probably would have been successful. Um, or I think he does it now for a nicotine brand. I think that nicotine brand is successful. Um, I'm not a fan uh, of nicotine. I don't really support it. I think it's not really good for the world. But, um, mm. but you know, it's like, it is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, I like... On, on the meta side, you know, it's, it's, it's more, it's simpler than people think, um, but it's still complicated. And if you do it wrong, it's very costly. You know, you get your account shut yeah. down, your profile yeah. restricted. And so, but you know, it's, it's fairly simple. Essentially, if you educate consumers about CBD rather than promote a sale of CBD, um, then you can uh, run those ads. So for example, an ad that says, uh, what does CBD feel like? Uh, going to a landing page that talks uh, an article about what CBD feel like and that connects over to the homepage or connects over to an additional uh, FAQ page or something similar. Um, that's compliant. Um, if you have, if you use uh, hemp products, so you're using hemp language in the ad and on the landing page instead of CBD, um, that can be compliant as well. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, although there's just so much nuance to it. And that's what really allowed Lucid to scale so quickly is we just got so focused and niched down in this one area. And so by yeah. doing that, we became, you know, really specialized in that, in that field and it helped us scale. Um, yeah. Well. You know, all of these nuances that, and it took a decade, right? Almost exactly. a decade. So, well, yeah. for, for about four years, but, but you know, it's the same thing. It's right. like, if you're an agency and to consumer and you're serving um, wellness and supplements, but you're also serving soap and personal care, mm -hmm. you know, it, you just don't have the, um, it doesn't actually make sense to focus on CBD like we focused on because you're taking away from all those other verticals that you might be able to be doing very well. And so I, uh, I do think in the future, what we're going to see is more niche down direct to consumer agencies that are sp specialized yeah. in categories. You know, these guys are really yeah. good supplement guys. These are really good, uh, you know, home goods guys. Um, you kind of see this, uh, I, you kind of it's starting to kind of uh form but i i think we're going to see more and more and more of that there's just too many agencies too many direct consumer marketers in the space that eventually um if you're not specialized i think it will be um you know uh, yeah. it's like if it and, and if you're if you're special to everyone then you're special to no one you know hey buddha nation welcome to the ecom show i ask you to subscribe to this podcast and if you like it make sure you share it with at least one friend as you probably know we don't run ads our growth is purely organic so it would mean the world to me if you could support us i hope we can serve our audience in the best way and now let's jump into the episode yeah yeah i really agree with this and you know, we do the same with our agency. So recently we started doubling down on high AOV stores because we can see really good results and more copy focused uh, brands. So less visual brands. We used to do more visual, you know, like uh, fashion, beauty, skincare. And we moved into the direction of, you know, more copy focused, high AOV, multiple thousands of dollars, AOV selling a jacuzzi or something like that. So, so yeah. I love um, that. I wanted to ask, so on your web, on the website, Lucid's website, so you have uh, fixed rates, right? Mm. And what's your opinion about ref share or, or getting a commission from clients? Have you ever tried? Yeah, what's your opinion? 
Yeah, great question. So we charge uh, a little bit more than most agencies charge for advertising and creative services. Again, because kind of we're specialized and you know the the leaders uh, in, in the space. So our standard rates are seventy five hundred or fifteen percent of ad spend. So it's either the fixed fee or percent of ad spend, depending on uh, how much you're spending. So um, and then uh, we charge twenty five hundred for creative, which is uh, we take as all your creative assets and then we'll make new uh, full ad units, so the copy and the ad. Um, so a lot of animated motion graphic type material. Um, so we've tried different models. We, we publish our like fixed rates and, you know, we have some variability depending on the unique situation, but I, uh, I'm typically, I'm not crazy about rev share because it's not actually a good long-term model for the brand. Um, and it's great for the agency, but you know, the trouble with agency life, I think is that, uh, it's hard to create long-term strategic partnerships, uh, that work for both parties. Cause you know, as I'm sure you've experienced, you help a brand become radically successful and then you, you know, you're a big line item and expense for them and they want to figure out a way to uh, get rid of you uh, and have that done another way. So uh, I like, uh, ad spend deals. I like either an and ad spend or an or ad spend. We do like a tiered system. So like every X amount of money that you spend, it drops the ad spend down a bit. Uh, and that creates it more sustainable for users. I've met some really cool guys. One of my buddies, Jordan Menard, he actually doesn't charge more than um, like 25, 30,000 a month ever. So if they ever get to a point where they're paying more than 25, 30,000, right? exactly. They, they have a ceiling yeah. and then they actually switch it into shares uh, of equity uh, instead of cash. Mm. Um, you know, cause no one wants to pay anyone $50,000 a month necessarily. And so as soon as yeah, you go yeah. this higher thresholds, you know, people are looking for reasons to get rid of you. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, we're trying, we're looking at doing some uh, new options like that, but it, it, that's what makes agency tough. Uh, you know, so I, I typically avoid rev share for that reason. I have done it once or twice in the past for like early brands that, you know, I have a lot of faith in and, and whatnot, but you know, it just leads to renegotiating deals. And, you know, one, one of my big strategies also is like publishing prices, like not shying uh, behind who we are, mm -hmm. what we charge. Like it makes the conversations uh, a lot easier. People already know uh, what you charge when you go on a call. And, uh, you know, we talk about revenue. We talk like all my pub, I, you know, I ask questions like how's your online revenue and how, how much data do you have to feed the platform? You know, it doesn't change our pricing. It's all published on the line. You can go see it. Like, um, and so it gives a, it gives a nice threshold to the conversation. Yeah. That's amazing. Thanks for these insights. The equity is really interesting. So you found that they are okay with that? They, they give you an equity? They prefer it to giving you a ref share? I've, it's different. Uh, I, I We get offered equity deals a lot. Um, and the trouble with equity deals is like, it sounds really sexy because it's like, oh, I'm going to get... Uh, but you know, you really have to think like an investor if you're going to start doing an equity deals. Like what if this was just your actual cash and you were putting in into the into the company and like, are, is this actually a good deal? Uh, and when does this pay out? When it, you know, when's the exit potential? Like when, when should you expect yeah. to return from it? And I think a lot of brands uh, or agencies will make these equity deals or some type of share deal and not really understand what they're getting into and never actually do it, you know, profit from it. Um, so yeah. we do less and less of it these days, primarily because I want to spend more time becoming a better investor personally, so I can be more selective and uh, effective with those deals. And so, uh, and, but in the future, I, I hope to, I, I, I'm doing less and less equity deals on Lucid side and rather taking that cash and profit and then using it personally to invest in uh, deals uh, myself or my partners doing very similar things. Yeah. So I, I'd say less of, uh, I, I'm, I'm not too big of a fan of that model. I, I think that it, it's, 
I think it's more complicated than it's worth for most people. And I think mm-hmm. it's uh, less rewarding than people expect, which causes a lot of like, yeah. you know, dissonance between you and the, 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 the brand, your client. Yeah, I never tried, but I'm not sure if I want to try, probably not, but it's an interesting model for sure. So let's talk about Breeze. Mm, I'm curious, uh, you know, there are so many brands in the CBD space and, you know, work, you work with dozens of them. And why did you decide to launch uh, another one? So great question. Uh, you know, like CBD market is totally flooded. Uh, we work uh, with uh, about 45, 50 brands uh, across CBD and hemp. And the thing is, there's a lot of diversity also, even though it's very full. In the initial days of CBD, it was very much like a uh, commodity. Everyone was launching a brand selling CBD and maybe it had a little bit of variability between the quality, but you know, all that difference took a lot of education. And so it wasn't very clear uh, to the consumers. So, um, you know, South CBD and then THC, hemp derived THC started coming out. Uh, Delta 9, Delta 8, and that became really popular as well because people could really feel it and have a much more of a clear and clean experience. And so, you know, when you feel something from your product, it's a much higher LTV product. It's much more sticky. You know, people want to experience that again. So we started seeing that and there was a lot more growth uh, and, and a higher lifetime value of those customers, better retention of all the, of all those um, consumers. And so, um, you know, what I saw in CBD is everyone started releasing CBD products. Uh, and then what I what changed is when people started looking at CBD as an ingredient into their wellness, this product rather than the wellness product itself is where yeah, the brands yeah. that started uh, doing better. And then I saw the brands that started integrating THC were even doing better um, because they were having more efficacious experiences, more clear and effective experiences with the product that they sold. Um, so, so for me, it was like, uh, I, I didn't want to start another CBD brand, even though we had more experience in this. And even though we you know, were able to see what was happening across the whole industry and a lot of perspective, it just seemed complicated. And I didn't want to be just another one of the, the group. But when I started uh, trying these THC beverage products, I realized that this wasn't about CBD nor even about uh, THC directly, but rather the evolution of cannabis. Like cannabis has never really been sold in a form factor that fits the existing alcohol culture. And even when it has been in the past, there's been a few brands out there that have penetrated the market. They're, they, they actually use a pretty f- big molecule size for the THC. And when you do that, it processes through your liver and it turns into 11-hydroxy and you have a very heavy, long experience. So that's what most people are experienced mm-hmm. with, with uh, gummies or any type of edible product. So yeah. what we did that was really innovative is we made the, uh, the, well, two things. One, we used the CBD and THC that are in the product, as well as the minor cannabinoids. We used those as one of the ingredients uh, or a few, you know, rather than the, the product. Then we also did this uh, nano emulsified lion's mane. So lion's mane is the most cognitive uh, enhancing, it's the most studied cognitive enhancing mushroom in the market. Uh, it's not psycho psychedelic, uh, but it is a little bit of psychoactive. Um, and so uh, so we took both of those products, we made them extremely concentrated, and then we nano emulsified them, making the molecule size really, really small. And by having that molecule size so small, it doesn't uh, turn into... 11-hydroxy uh, in your liver, which is that heavy, long-term experience. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get a very um, instant experience. So when you start drinking Breeze, you feel it in like five minutes uh, or maybe sometimes less. Um, very similar to the time frame that you start feeling alcohol. So if you started drinking a beer and started drinking a Breeze, two different people, they'd start feeling the effects at a very similar time frame. And then they also wear off at a very similar time frame, about an hour, an hour and a half uh, per drink. So just like alcohol regard. And because of the lion's mane, 
get this more like social, happy, euphoric, and clear feeling um, from the cognitive benefits that it provides to you. And then you get this relieving feeling from this THC. Um, so I think what was so important about us when we were coming up is like, do we really want to start up another brand in the THC, CBD, hemp space? Um, it really was that the product and the experience for the customer was so divergent and different than anything that had existed on the market uh, that it that we thought it was it was right and uh, and that's like well you know I'm I'm a big proponent of like contrarian theory contrarian thought processes is everyone's yeah. avoiding CBD and hemp because it's so challenging uh, like let's go focus on that uh, and so that's how we did with the agency and that's how we did it with this product it's like. Um, you know, everyone's running away. Let's run towards and see if we could figure out it bigger and better. And, uh, and I think we did. I, I think like uh, we've created something that really, you know, we say feeling is understanding. Uh, a lot of people are kind of hesitant to try THC products. They might have had bad experiences or they don't like want to be out of control. Um, but yeah, yeah. most people that try Breeze have very, very pleasant experiences. We've actually not received any uh, oh, I don't like that or made me feel uncomfortable uh, yet. And uh, also the taste, it's very, it's very clean and refreshing. It has like this lemony uh, elderflower um, herbaceous uh, taste. Uh, it's kind of sweet and then it has a little bit of a bite on the end, kind of similar to how alcohol has a bit of a bite. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it was, uh, it was scary to get into CBD and hempkin because I did for those, for those reasons, but I knew from the product experience that there was something much bigger here and that if we went this direction, we could, uh, we, you know, it's like when you go the way other people don't want to go, there's less, uh, less to worry about. You know, I'm not a big comp competitive thinker anyway. I don't really believe in competition, but it, it creates more of a, a moat around you for, uh, for your product yeah. or for your agency. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so basically it's more like a social drink than a CBD or THC company. The CBD yeah. and the THC and the mushroom is more like a unique mechanism or whatever we call it, but that's not the main thing, right? Exactly. And actually, this reminds me to protein a few years ago, because I don't know when, probably 10, even 20 years ago, it was, you know, a protein brand or a protein shake brand, let's say. But now, at least here in Europe, I can see that it's in everything like, you know, they enrich product pancakes with protein and, and drinks with protein and, and literally everything. And it's a mainstream thing and it's a lifestyle thing not just something very niche. So actually it reminds me to pro what happened with protein a few years I mean, ago. You're exactly right. Same with collagen or same with a lot of these things. Um, you know, mm -hmm. so there's kind of like three levels, I'd say. There's the first level, which is like selling protein. And then there's like putting protein uh, or CBD, let's say selling CBD, selling mm -hmm. protein. And putting protein or CBD in something else, maybe a drink or a, a, a product, a gummy, whatever. Uh, I think there's yeah. one level even higher, which is selling a product that uses protein and or CBD and or other ingredients to create an effect. Let's call those functional products. Um, so okay. what we're really going for with Breeze is a functional beverage company uh, that uses CBD, THC, uh, or cannabis and mushrooms. But in the future, we hope to use Blue Lotus and Damiana and like all kinds of really ancient efficacious herbs that a lot of people might not be even familiar with that uh, create very positive and what we call net positive experiences, meaning they give more than they take. Uh, and so um, I see, I see Breeze less of a CBD and THC company, more of a functional beverage company that uses uh, great ingredients like CBD, THC, Lion's Mane, and many others. Mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah, 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 I see. So my last question is about the price of the product. What's the price? And I'm just curious why you priced it in that way. Because with yeah. the drink, it's, it's not easy, right? It's, it's curious, right? Uh, so 
uh, you know, like, and maybe for even the audience and, and the people watching, like, what do you think a cannabis and mushroom beverage is worth? Like, what does it cost? What does a six pack cost? And I think most people don't know. Uh, I think it's a very yeah, like, no idea. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Uh, right. And so, so now if I say, what's a six pack of beer cost, um, uh, people have like a, an idea, maybe like you know, five to 25 bucks, uh, in that range for sure. in the high end, low yeah, end. Yeah. So, uh, breeze are small ones. Uh, are we have a seven and a half ounce, uh, and then we have the 12 ounce, the seven and a half ounce to the six pack we sell for $40. And for the six pack of the 12 ounce, we sell for 60, um, which, uh, is a higher price than most any other product uh, in the category or any any similar category. So Yet, do you know how much is a Red Bull in the States? I'm just curious. Yeah. So like in a breeze. So this is 12 ounce uh, breeze. This would yeah. be $10 or this would be about $12 retail, 10 to $12 retail. And then uh, a Red Bull would be probably comparably to somewhere between like four and six, uh, four, something yeah. like that. Uh, so it's, it's, it's significantly more, but there's also significantly more in there and it's doing a significantly yeah. different uh, thing. So yeah, we're definitely going for, Oh, I think I froze. We're definitely going for the premier side of the market. You know, I'm not like, I don't want to be in the game of chasing price down. I'd rather, and I don't think yeah. people want budget drugs. I don't think people want, you know, cheap. No. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. No, they like, if I'm going to try something and put it in my body and have an experience, I want it to be quality made with great ingredients and do a great thing. So, uh, so we're definitely playing the premier highest quality product in the game, highest quality ingredients, uh, et cetera. So that's kind of uh, our angle. So, um, you know, it's, it's uh, more expensive than most things that you would uh, pay for to drink, uh, but it does something that most things uh, won't do. So that's kind of yeah. the cool part of it. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So thank you, Aaron, for uh, coming here today, sharing your story and the story of uh, Lucid and uh, Breeze. And I wish you success with both companies and, uh, I think we earlier discussed if we have a CBD client or, or anyone, we will send them to you to help because again, I think front end is a big issue for many of those companies. So yeah, so yeah that's Good crucial. Man. And uh, if anyone wants to get a pack of Breeze, where they should go or maybe work with your agency? What are yeah. the websites? Drink Breeze. Uh, so it should be down here somewhere. Um, but um, that's my social if you want to come find me and then uh, drinkbreeze.com or wearelucid.com for our agency. But Daniel, thanks for having me on, man. It's been, uh, been really a lot of fun and good to connect. And I, I'm grateful for the opportunity and I wish you the best of success as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I will put the links into the description. Also, I will put another link there. So with uh, my team, we collected the top 100 email templates after sending out a half a billion emails in the past five years. And you can go to the link and download it for free. So check those out. And thanks again, everyone. Stay tuned and have a great day. Thank you, guys.